Hey to all you fish enthusiasts out there. Whether you're an avid angler or just curious about fish, we'd like to welcome you to Fish of the Week. It's Monday, December 13th, 2021, and we're excited to talk about all the fish. I'm Katrina Liebeck with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in Alaska. I'm Guy Euro, feeling like a Gatterday guy today. We're very pleased to have Jimmy Evek with us today to talk about what's known locally in his neck of the woods as Tom Cod. So welcome, Jimmy. Where are you calling in from today? I'm here at Cotsbee, Alaska, and we don't say neck of the woods here. We don't go in the woods. We say neck of the tundra. Neck of the tundra. I love it. <laughs> I know you'd probably rather be out fishing for Tom Cod right now. And I'm curious, what's the Anupiak word for Tom Cod? Tom Cod, we say I can repeat that if you want. It's got a real strong guttural sound in the middle of that G. U-U-G-A-Q. That middle G has a dot over the top to signify the sound. Beautiful. Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about this fish, like what they look like and why you like fishing for them? Could I step outside for a second, get one for you, and show you? Yeah. Please do. <laughs> Hang on a second. Okay. So so Jimmy's just left the room. He's going to come back and apparently show us what one of these fish look like. So we'll hopefully get a good description for y'all. All right. This is... Oh, cool. A tom- and he's frozen. And is it frozen? It looks almost like a plastic toy. It's frozen with its fins all out and everything. This one, it, it's about maybe 12 inches or so. Jimmy is measuring it. Yeah, 12 and one-fourth of an inch. There you go. It looks like a cod. I mean, it's got the fins like a like you would see on an Atlantic or Pacific cod. It's about a foot long. Jimmy's holding it. It's frozen. This particular one is about 12 inches, and they get up to 20 inches. They vary. 20 is kind of big, but... This is kind of medium here. It has green top and white on the bottom. Always got his mouth open and his eyes are like real big. And I mean, it looked like it's had too much caffeine or something. (laughs) That's awesome. Does it have a little chin barbel, the little whisker? I don't think these have any. Okay. Thank you for showing us. That's that's very cool. We don't normally get a guest who actually shows us the fish and can just go grab one from outside Oh, yeah. I mean, I got over a thousand. I, some people left town for three weeks and they left me their four wheeler. So I went out there when it was still dark before the sun came up and used a flashlight a couple of times and fished through the ice with flashlight. I want to know how you, how you fish for these lakes, specifically how you kind of set up and where you go and how you catch them. Okay. What I do is I go to the ice where the fish are known to pass, and I poke a hole with the ice chisel. It's hand-operated ice chisel, and I just poke a hole through the ice about 6 to 8 inches, 10 inches in diameter. And then I put my hook to the hole. I figure I better be on show and tell today, so... Is that your jigger there? This is um, what a friend made for me. It's made out of diamond willow. Okay. And he for me and you can see the drawings on there yeah so jimmy's holding up it looks like a a jigging tool um it's a piece of wood that's got a curve in it and then it has some line hanging down from it 
It almost looks like a boomerang, but with one of the edges that's shorter than the other. And you hold it like this when you're fishing, you move it up and down like that, and you let this uh, lure move around. This lure will be way below the ice, and when you jig around, that lure moves around. looks like the fish down there to the other fish. So that's how we get the uh, tomcod. Okay. And that's a big lure. It's a big spoon. It looks like it's a couple of inches long. So that's a big a big bait for them to be going after. That's cool. Some of them got big mouths, so we have some big lures sometimes. Like a chihuahua. Chihuahuas are small, but they got big mouth. <laughs> it's a very colorful fish, it seems like, with descriptions. I'm curious if, if you make any of your fish jiggers as well or any of the lures. Do you make those your, yourself as well? Yes, I'll show you. This one I made out of oak. Oh, well. I think it's made out of scrap pallets, you know, that we find around town. It's cool. It's beautiful. And I'll show you another one. Jimmy's showing us his jiggers. They, like we described earlier, they kind of have a bend in them, a nice handle to kind of grip onto. This one I made out of willow. And all it is is just one piece of willow that I either found from the beach or maybe from something I cut down from the willows when I passed by. And this particular one, I got a uh, little rubber fish and my favorite bait is blubber because uh, when the fish bite it, they can't bite through it. So it's always there and I can have the same bait all year round. And the more smellier it gets. What kind of line do you have on that? This is 100 pound line and I usually put about 30 feet and I put a uh, snap swivel so I can take off this lure. And when I want to make a cheapish, I'll put a bigger lure on there and then I can change it over to cheaper so that's why this looks kind of heavy so you could catch both species kind of same time if you wanted to I'm curious with heavy tackle like that what does it feel like when the saffron cod hit the lure or hit the blubber can you really feel it because it seems like that's pretty stiff and pretty heavy you can feel them pretty good I've been doing it all my life so I know when they hit and sometimes the fish will be down, they're just biting and they won't catch on the hook, but they try to eat the bait and I can feel them doing that. And that's the reason for jigging, you know, so you can hook onto them somehow and pull them up. So, so where exactly are you making these holes in the ice relative to where the river is and where it meets the ocean? Where are you actually doing your fishing? Usually where there's some kind of current and the fish are coming in, the uh, fish come in from the ocean, from the uh, Chukchi Sea, then they make their way to the waterways here to spawn and stuff like that around Kotzebue. And we try to intercept them while they're coming by and catch them. So this time of year is when it's happening. So w- when do you start fishing? Like November? We usually start ice fishing, well, as soon as it freezes up, uh, we can get cod all year long. Some people get them in their nets or when they're rod and reeling and stuff like that. But there's certain times of the year that we try to get them when they're full of eggs and stuff like that. Because a lot of people, like myself, we prefer eggs. And we'll eat the rest of the fish, but eggs are kind of like a prize or a delicacy. So 
on a fish that's about the size of what you showed us earlier, how many eggs can you actually get out of that? What What's sort of the mass that we would be talking about? About three inches long, about two inches wide, and they're all clumped together. And I don't know how many eggs are in that, but we try to get that that big mass, and it's a yellow, it's a yellow mass, and it tastes well to me. It tastes pretty good. I mean, I eat it raw, frozen. Are there any other ways to prepare the eggs that folks do up there? Or I guess is it mostly just the frozen raw? Well, the people that I know that eat the cod, they usually uh, inupak like me. Mm-hmm. We eat them frozen raw. Yum. But a lot of people that boil the fish whole too, so I guess they eat eggs while they're boiled. But myself, I like mine uh, frozen raw, dipped in seal oil and salt on top. Ooh. Some, sometimes workers the sauce. What does the seal oil taste like? It's kind of hard to describe because it's not in your culture and I wouldn't know. But to compare it with in the store... It's oily like olive oil or vegetable oil or something, but it tastes different. And seal oil is made from the blubber of the seal. What we do when we get seals is we uh, cut up the seal, cut off the blubber, and we cut the blubber into small chunks, and then we put it in a container, and we let it what we call render. We let the oil come out of the blubber, and then... uh, We use the oil for our dip and also storage. We store dried foods and roots and other stuff inside there for the winter. So this is interesting with this fish. So it sounds like they're kind of along the coast, right? So, I mean, they have a marine part to their life cycle and then they're coming in to spawn. Could you just kind of do, could you walk us through what these fish are doing throughout the year? Don't know the uh, complete life cycle, but I know that when we start getting them in the, uh, the fall and they're coming in from the ocean, from the Chukchi Sea, and they're coming here to Kotsby Sound to spawn and... We start getting them as soon as this frees up until December, but they're here all year long. And I read where an elder said it's best to catch them until like end of November or something. Then after November, they start to not taste as good as all time fish. Do you know anything about what else is eating tomcod? Is it an important species for, for example, seals or other fish that you know of? Well, seals eat them, all the seals, they eat the uh, tomcod and probably every other fish that comes through our channel there. Sometimes when we leave tomcods on the ice, foxes will come around, they'll grab a tomcod and bury it, and they'll come back for some more. And uh, seagulls eat tomcods, uh, ravens eat tomcods, so... So they're kind of a popular fish with the animals and birds here in this region. How many people uh, might you see fishing for these tomcod during kind of the peak season in the fall out on the ice? Is it pretty popular? It's pretty popular. There's quite a few people that go ice fishing and maybe people just do it to just to go have fun and get fishing. They won't waste them. They'll give them away. I go out there because I've been doing it since the late 60s and 
I've been fishing since I was a kid, so it's kind of like what I do. Some years I'll go fishing quite a bit. Some years I won't go at all. Are there any kind of safety notes for people that would be pursuing these fish through the ice in terms of, I know you mentioned you fish over current. Are there any tips you have for people that they should be aware of for fishing in the winter? Yes. Uh, when adults take little children out there, always watching them real carefully and talking to them, tell them not to get too close to the hole because our holes can get so big that a child can slip through and they can go under there. And so the parents are always watching them. When you're out there on the ice, is there anything that you do to stay warm in particular? Is it just the seal oil that warms you up or do you have any structures of any sort out there on the ice? We have no structures out there, but I think about it when I'm out there getting near a hypothermic standing on the ice. Um, if I start getting too cold, I'll put everything down. I'll take a quick walk and get my heart going, get my blood flowing, and I try to warm up that way. So I'm curious, on, on a good day of tom cod fishing, or, or of saffron cod fishing, rather, how many fish do you typically bring in? And then what's your process for processing those fish after you've brought them up? It varies from day to day. Some days I won't get anything at all, but I'll stand there for like one hour or something just in case they might, a school might come through. Uh, some days I get one, sometimes five, sometimes ten. I was keeping pretty close track this uh, fall when I was out fishing. Uh, the most I got was 194 in about two or three hours and Another day, 150. Another day, 160-something. Sometimes I'll get 80, 60, 50, 100. And so I got like over a 1,000 tomcat to the ice. And out of all those, I probably got about 10 articot or those uh, blue cuts. Frozen or do you leave them outside? Do you have a facility where you keep them? Maybe not a facility, but some sort of area where you keep them outside. Outside, because the temperature is below freezing from a certain time of the year, and I have some totes outside. I keep them inside there, and um, we don't process them. We keep them that way. We're ready to eat them. They'll put the whole fish, a bunch of them, inside some pots, and they'll start boiling them. Besides boiling or eating them raw, some people will bake them in the oven. Or some people will fry them. And so there's different ways of cooking them, and you can make them taste as good as you want. And during springtime, when they get a lot of cod, what they'll do is they'll string them up side by side like this, and they'll make a whole string. And they'll hang them up to dry outside so you can dry them. And I've given fish to people from lower 48, and from there's a lady from. Katie here, she likes the tom cod, but she cooks them and she'll fry them. So you can make them taste all kinds of different ways. And it's just up to your imagination how you want it to taste. If they taste anything like Pacific cod, they're very good. It's a very mild meat. We catch Pacific cod down here in my area. And I love, I love that fish. It's a very tasty fish to eat. So I'd be curious to try a tom cod someday. Oh, I, I think you'll like it. It's Probably not too different from uh, Pacific cod. It's a white meat, and it has a real mild flavor. Even 
other natives from this region, like from upriver, when they eat our tomcats, their lips will start to get tingly and itchy because they're allergic. So there's oh. some natives, they can't eat the tomcat because of that. And other natives can eat it boiled and it won't affect them. But some people have to cook them. And people like myself, we can have it any old way. I grew up on the coast and I'm used to all this taking everything full strength here. Yeah. I was born and raised in Kotzebue, and I was right on the ocean side. I was born in a house here right on the ocean side, so I'm used to all the fish and seals and anything that's in our waters and waterfall and everything and anything that we harvest out here. Yeah, Kotzebue is one of my favorite towns in Alaska. I've been up there, I don't know, maybe five times, and it's it's a very nice town. Is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of these tomcod or saffron cod, Jimmy, that we've missed? Yes. Uh, one important thing about getting a lot of cod and stuff like that, I can't eat over a thousand tomcod by myself all year, so I do a lot of sharing. And then on top of that, I make AC bags, you know, the bags from the store, and I'll fill up AC bags and I'll go give them out to people around town that somehow they can't go out fishing or anything, but they still appreciate fresh fish. I usually try to give to people that are older and that can't get around too well. I bet they appreciate that. Can't be stingy when you get something you gotta you gotta share. That's a big part of our culture and you gotta share with the best of what you get. You can't try to share what you don't want yourself. That's real nice. Well Thank you so much, Jimmy. This was very interesting to learn all this stuff from you. So we really appreciate you coming on today and talking to us. Okay. We hope everybody gets out there and enjoys all the fish. Thanks for listening to Fish of the Week. My name is Katrina Liebich and my co-host is Guy Iro. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Race Car, produced and story edited by Charlotte Moore, production management by Gabriella Montaguin. Post-production by Alex Brower. Fish of the Week is a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. As the service reflects on 150 years of fisheries conservation, we honor, thank, and celebrate the whole community, individuals, tribes, the state of Alaska, our sister agencies, fish enthusiasts, scientists, and others who have elevated our understanding and love as people and professionals of all the fish. Fish.